Yeah, we will get our first in-person look at the Diamondbacks tomorrow as we broadcast live from Salt River Fields uh, starting at 6 a.m. Here to talk some Diamondbacks, Major League Baseball with us. MLB insider from ESPN, Tim Kirkchen. Pleased to have him back on the show as he joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Tim, good morning. How are you, fellas? Tim! We are doing well, and a lot of that has to do with uh, this this weird feeling of baseball optimism in Phoenix, Arizona. After that unexpected run last year, what everybody thinks to be is a, a really shrewd offseason by Mike Hazen and his front office, there's expectations on the D-backs. What did you think of, of their offseason maneuvering to get to this point? Well, I, I love what they did. Jock Peterson's going to bring them some power from the left side. Uh, Eugenio Suarez is going to bring them power from the right side. He's going to strike out 200 times, but he's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's a demonstrably better defensive player than he was, say, three years ago. And he's one of the best clubhouse guys that I've ever seen. I'm really surprised that the Mariners moved him. I understood there was a financial component there, but that team kind of revolved around him and his energy in the clubhouse. And that's what he's also going to bring to the Diamondbacks. Plus, Eduardo Rodriguez had a good year last year. He's a way above average major league pitcher. He's the third starter that they really needed behind their front two. So I love what they did. I thought they were a playoff team without those three guys. And I think with those three guys, um, Pretty darn sure they're going to make the playoffs again this year. Good news. Now, seeing how uh, how great uh, Merrill Kelly was in the postseason and, and just how ruthless he was in the moment, he really stepped up in class. So when you look at that with Zach Gallen, with Eduardo Rodriguez, with Brandon Fodd, um, if you can kind of build on what he showed at the end of last year, what do you think of this rotation, where it might rank, and is it enough to take down those dastardly Dodgers? <laughs> Well, Fott's a big is a big if. Uh, he was great in the postseason, but it was a short time. But the fact that he did that in the postseason really helps. And the fact that Merrill Kelly did it at the biggest time on the biggest stage really helps. So if those four work out, uh, their rotation won't be the best in the National League, but it's going to be very formidable, and it's going to be enough to get them to the playoffs, I am certain. As for the Dodgers, I just spent about four different days with the Dodgers in spring training, and that is one of the great traveling shows I've ever seen. (laughs) It it is just a circus every single day, and that might work against them to some degree, but I I think they're going to find a way to figure this out. As you know, fellas, last year they had a great offensive team. They basically – slug their way to 101 wins last year because the RA went from 280 to 406 and they still won 100 games. <laughs> That's because their offense was so good and now it is significantly better with Shohei Otani, with Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, there's a chance if they go Betts, Freeman, Otani in some form, which they will, uh, they have a chance to have the best one, two, three hitters in one season in baseball history if everyone exceeds expectations that's how good the Dodgers are and the real danger for everyone else in the National League is if they can tread water uh, with their starting pitching until Kershaw and Walker Bueller and Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin come back from injuries imagine adding those four guys at some point this summer or after the all-star break or in August 
Uh, they have a chance to be a great, great team. But yeah. they are going to open the season, I believe, with some questions in their starting pitching. And that's what we have to keep our eyes on. Yeah, Vegas says they're over-under on 103 wins, which is just preposterous for a baseball team going into a regular season. And we've seen some circuses in the Cactus League before. Uh, the late, great Pedro Gomez and Barry Bonds comes to mind. Paint the picture of what is happening in Glendale with the Dodgers. I'm sure the amount of uh, foreign-based Japanese media is incredible. What does it look like? What does it feel like? It feels like nothing I've ever felt before in almost 45 years of covering baseball. The first day I walked into the Dodgers was a week ago Tuesday, and there were probably 100 media members in the clubhouse. 100. 100. And I went another day, and this is so. This is what we all need to expect. Uh, J.P. Feierheisen, you know, a relief pitcher for the Dodgers. I was waiting for him so I could get him alone to ask him questions for another story I was doing. But that day he gave up a home run to Shohei Otani during live batting practice. So as soon as he walked into the clubhouse, there were like 50 reporters talking to him. He was the star of the day. That's how it works with the Dodgers. Every move Otani makes, every move that, you know, Yamamoto makes, people are chronicling it. Mm -hmm. And just watching batting practice on a backfield in Glendale, Arizona, and seeing just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who just want to get a glimpse of Otani in a Dodger uniform, it, it is truly amazing. Tim Kirk, an ESPN Baseball Insider, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Going back to the Dodgers, D-backs, and that whole dynamic last year, I mean, the Dodgers ran away with the division in the second half. They win the NL West by 16 games. Then we see the Diamondbacks very easily dispose of them in the NLDS in three games. And it wasn't just the Dodgers. I mean, the Braves slipped up in the playoffs after they won 104 games. The Orioles didn't win a playoff game in the American League. Do you think for teams like the Diamondbacks that reside in the divisions with those big money powerhouses, Tim, that the goal should just be to get a wild card spot and then let the chips fall where they may in a best of five? Um, no, I don't. And if that in any way works for teams, then that defeats the purpose of what we're doing here. Your first job is to win the division and get a buy in the first round. If that buy in the first round is somehow hurting a team, then we're going to have to make an adjustment here. What happened with the Diamondbacks last year is they came in hot, and then, as we all know, with their young, athletic, incredibly hungry team, they just took it to the Dodgers. They just said, try to stop us. We're going to run on every opportunity. <laughs> we're going first to third. We're scoring from second on a single. We're going to steal a base here, and we're coming after you. That's, how, that's the only way to beat a team. That, that wins 16 more games than you did the year before or during the season, you have to go right at them. I think the Dodgers learned from that, and I think people will be prepared that this is what the Diamondbacks do, and you better be ready for it because they're not going to stop doing it. When you look at the Diamondbacks, and you talked about the offseason acquisitions that they made, Tim, uh, and, and we're all in agreement on those, is there an area where you look at that roster right now and you see something lacking? Some people you know, got critical of Mike Hazen for not addressing the bullpen, but it came together at the end of last year and he didn't feel the need. But do you, do you see a need that uh, has not been addressed yet? Well, I think their starting pitching will be a need if, of course, Brandon Fought doesn't pitch the way that he did. Um, then you're going to need, you know, you're going to need a four and a five starter pretty quickly because you're not lasting in today's baseball with three starting pitchers. Even though the Diamondbacks, did an awful good job doing it last year with two. 
uh, for the most part. They're going to need more than that. That's the one concern. I like their bullpen, especially the way that it pitched down the stretch uh-huh. last year and in the postseason. You know, Suwald uh, and uh, – you know, Ginkle, those guys were great, even though Sewell gave up a really big hit um, in the postseason. I like their bullpen. Should they have added somebody else? Yes. Is it too late? No. So, uh, and, and we know that Mike Hazen is really good at building a team, and I think they'll add one more guy before the season starts. Tim, thanks for the time, as always. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, and hopefully we can do it again real soon. Thanks, Tim.